What is up, CroatianSports.com nation? Antek Partuc here with my, with my soccer buddy for 15 years now. The man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Matthew Leba, who's been hounding me, hounding me for years to start a podcast. Um, a few hours ago, Croatia beats Turkey in Euro 2024, qualifying 2-0. Two goals from your boy, Mateo Kovacic. Um, welcome, Lebo. Welcome to the CroatianSports.com uh, podcast. Say hello to everybody. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you're going to get out of Lebo. Yeah. That's all you're going to get out of Lebo. And, and, and for those of you that don't know Lebo, he runs our uh, he runs a Twitter. So you see anything going on on Twitter, that is uh, Mr. Mr. Lebo here. So b- before we kind of get off topic, I want to kind of break this down. I want to welcome everyone to, to this podcast. I don't, what are we naming it? What are we naming the podcast? Okay. I, I don't know. Croatian sports podcast. Seems that, that sounds, that sounds, that sounds right up our alley right there. No, guys, no, yeah. no, no glitzer dazzle on that one. High level. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you know, I'm looking forward to bringing in the Ante Zoriches, the Pete Novakovic's, uh, the Marcuses in Montreal, um, you know, Jiva Istina, somewhere out there in the Midwest, you, you know who you are. Um, bringing in players, bringing in Stipe Miocic and, and Joe Shimonic, um, Stipe Biuk for LAFC now. Like, you know, I've had access to all these guys and just kind of, you know, never did the podcast. So this is this is where we're at. I also think we got to bring in Hadvati from, you know, that are living out there because HNL is becoming, I mean, it's always there and there's talent that's coming up. And a lot of those guys know a lot more than us because they're able to see the game. So having guys on, you know, we have Carlo, uh, who's kind of disappeared a bit because I think he's in school. We've got Granino, the uh, Brecolo supporter. <laughs> and we've got a couple other guys out there um, that definitely have their strong opinions about things and have good knowledge about the game. So bringing those guys in will be good as well. Yeah, and I want to take this time to talk strategy and talk future and talk U21s and talk about the old guard and the new guard. Um, we're going to discuss that in a second, but... Well, I saw the lineup came out, and there was a lot of, what the fuck is this? That what was is, me. What is that? That was me. But he was smart. I mean, Zoric, Zoric always says, like, trust and knowledge. And initially, I, I was like, fuck, man. Because I respect Zoric's opinion, but I was like, I don't know if I can get behind this. But dude, he's been pretty spot on. Like, Dalic knew they were going to bring pressure early. And they were going to bring it hard. He knew the game was going to be intense because of what Turkey just went through as a country. And then they have this new, young, youthful squad coming up with some veterans, you know. So they're like poised to make a a move. And this was supposed to be that game. Mm -hmm. And so it's smart because Dalic is like, okay, I'm going to put Pasalic and Kramaric in because I know that they're going to manage the game, which we'll talk about later. I hated it so much. You know, like how how we talk about quarterbacks in the NFL. There's like the game manager. Yeah. And then there's the like the the star, like we had two game managers at forward. And then what I was most surprised about was the was Barisic. It was interesting to see Sosa out and Barisic in because I, I don't know. I mean, I guess looking back now, it makes sense because Sosa was kind of weak on defense at times, right? Um, we're gonna discuss that in a second, but you know, Perisic, Brozovic, Modric all showed their age today and they'll they'll be fine for the rest of the year, but they definitely showed their age. I've never seen our midfield give away so many balls. Like that was absolutely bizarre. We were texting in our group chat today and and it was just, you know, what the fuck, what the fuck? Like how is Modric giving that ball straight to the Turkish guy at midfield? Brozovic same thing. So, 
Um, well, Modric, I, I think it all starts with the defense, right? We talked about it a little. Like, when Lovren was called up for the World Cup and everybody was, oh, why, are we ha- why do we have Lovren? You know, it should be Guardiola and, you know, name any other uh, center back. It was it was a Shutalo versus Edelich debate. Yeah, or but, or DCC, but anyway, that's another story. Yes, but having a guy like Lovren in there, especially for these games, like he's he's pressure resistant. He's experienced pressure at every different level from Europe to the World Cup. So like, when you have a guy like that in there, even though he you know he had his mistakes and he's done things where everybody's a little worried about him all the time, he does bring a calming factor. We didn't have anybody in the back. To, no. Everybody, even Stanisic, even though he was very confident going forward and he gave us a lot of good forward momentum, like the ball he gave to Lavakovic that Lavakovic hit into the defender was one. And there was a couple errant passes, but I mean, all of them. Shutalo was, he, I mean, I think we tweeted like one second he was amazing, got a ball that came over the top and he controlled it. And then the next second he passed it to their other team, opened up a goal scoring opportunity. It's like, just like that. It's, 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 it's Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. But, but let's, let's look at this. Let's look at this. You're talking about Lovren who just retired. His last game was, was at the world cup. He was 33. Um, but look, let's, let's look at this back line. Like these guys are babies. Mm-hmm. These guys are babies. And, and let me show you, I got, got the laptop up. Uh, Josip Stanisic, who who's starting for Bayern Munich now, he's their new right yeah. back. As as of you know a month ago, he has nine caps for Croatia. He's only 22 years old. Yeah, baby. Borna Barišić, who came in for Sosa, we think that Sosa spot still. I think I think Barišić is is a great backup player. He's mm-hmm. good defensively, but I don't think he can do anything for us offensively. He 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 scores a couple goals here and there in Scotland. But we're talking about no at Rangers. He's very good on the cross, but he has space. When we play those bigger teams with faster players that are technical, it's not going to happen. You know, I remember texting Zodich like he looks like a giraffe out there sometimes because yeah. I mean he's a big guy, you know, and he's not able to cut and move like the other guys. So yeah, but look, look at this. Barisic is thirty. He's not the future of our defense. No, okay, he's not the future. I think I think that that was a wake up call to Sosa going, hey, this. Left uh, left back spot is not yours. Mm-hmm. Get your shit together. Mm-hmm. That's what I think happened today. And 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 Barisic wasn't wasn't going to be a liability defensively. But he's thirty years old. Yoshko Gvardiol, we know about him. Yeah, twenty one. Twenty one years old. He's we're going to have him for ten to twelve years. And they're already calling him the next big thing, the Mbappe of defense, yeah. the Holland of defense. He's twenty one. Um, and then with Josip Shutalo, who plays at Dinamo Zagreb right now, twenty three years old. Six caps. Um, so look, take Barisic out of that. Stanisic is 22 years old. Gvardiol 21. Shutalo 23. Mm-hmm. These guys, these guys can barely drink in North America. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys have an average age of 22 years old. Mm-hmm. There's going to be growing pains. There's going to be growing pains, and if you're going to put them in, we always say, when do you put them? Nations League? Do you put them in friendlies? Do you put them in qualifiers? You got to dump them in and let them. Yeah, trial by fire. Trial by fire. Yeah. I mean, I like. Because I, I, I watch a lot of Serie, uh, Serie A, not as much Bundesliga. Um, Ehrlich has moments. I would be curious to see him instead of Schutel. Um, But, you know, there's always politics and whatever behind that. But, I, I mean, he's, what, 25? You know, he's still got a ways to go. So, I mean, if these guys play the way they're supposed to, they're going to be a great back line. 
And they're just starting. We just went through the age gap. Like, look, like these guys are baby. What they're doing right now with their experiences, fantastic. Vardiola is way ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. Way ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. We were we didn't think Vardiola was going to be the the next big thing in, for another two, three years. Now he's getting poached by Real Madrid, Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, mm-hmm. Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to be bought for $100 million this summer. Yeah. A defender, a Croatian defender. Mm-hmm. Wrap your head around that. Yeah. So he'll be fine. He made a, a bonehead mistake today against Turkey. He had a, a weird yellow card. If he would have got a piece of the a bigger piece of the ball, he would have been fine. But that could have a couple inches one way or another. It's a red card. Well, you look at all the young players coming up. You look at like um, who are those Dutch guys that you know Odegaard and who is the other defender that went to Juventus? God, I fucking forget his name. The uh, uh, legit. Yeah. Yeah. Like. The problem is, I, I mean, especially with kids these days, or kids these days, <laughs> 20 year old, 18 to 20 year old guys coming up in this age is very different from what players used to come up with. Like, you get praise fast and you get hate fast, and it's a roller coaster of emotions, and there's no doubt that that's going to translate onto the field. But he delivers. By the way, he really didn't have. Any of those goals in that, what was that, 6-0, 7-0 game a couple weeks back? Nothing was directly his fault. He got megged on one of them, whatever. But but who scored Leipzig's lone goal across yeah. both? He scored it. Yeah, a 21-year-old, Guardiola scoring against Man City, made it 1-1, you know, all to play for in the second leg. But he's way ahead of schedule. Oh, yeah. He's way I'm, ahead of schedule. I'm, I'm just trying to compare the timelines. Like, I'm definitely on board, 100%. So he became a man. He became a man. Have you seen this guy? Yeah, I mean, he went from like fat kid playing Minecraft. I saw the Facebook post like yeah. asking for Minecraft. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's he's definitely coming into his own. So he's got a lot of time. I think the defense in in general tonight, it was a good uh, trial by fire, and that's you know, Stanisic for me was the standout because of what he did for us going forward. But everybody on the back line in terms of defense, like they kept the clean sheet thanks to Lovakovic. That was that was Livakovic is my man of the match. One of his best performances, I'm gonna say. I mean, aside from the World Cup, probably one of his best performances outside of the World Cup that I've ever seen. I mean, you take the words out of my mouth right now. Yeah. Um, I mean that what he did today. He made three monster saves, and mm-hmm. and it's no joke, absolutely no joke. When I say that should have been two nil Turkey in the ninth minute. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. And then what? Then what do you do? You're on the road. You know these these Turkish fans. This was their their oh, very uh, different game. They bunker, and then we don't have any, anything to counter the bunker. But we ca- we can't score in a traditional sense where we have a Shuket up top, an Eduardo up top, a Mandzukic up top. Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. If they if Turkey goes up two zero, like who's scoring for us? Forget about it. Perisic has has lost uh, lost a step. But yeah, l- let's let's do this. Let's do this. Let's break down the starting eleven. Um, I think defense we did right. I think we get into the midfield now, because defensively we we've said what we've had to say. But for me, midfield. Oh, I mean, the lineup looks like this here. But Pasalic was more up with Pedersic and Kramaric, I guess. But they were coming back and forth. Anyway, for me, uh, Brozovic. I I don't know what's going on. It's got. I'm hoping it's just him coming off of injury. Right, he came out of the World Cup, had a long injury spell, and he's not been getting a lot of time, or as much time as he used to at Inter because they have uh, who's it, Chalanolu, uh, I mean, stepping in, so they're sharing time right now as he comes back. 
So for me, it's just lack of game fitness. And he made a lot of mistakes tonight. I mean, he gave away four or five chances that turned into goal scoring opportunities. And like, it, it was bad. Um, but Dolly was making him play through it. Like he could have took it, taken him out. I don't know who he's going to replace him with, but the you, thing is, is like you got to play through it. I mean, look, even the American commentators today on on Fox Sports One were saying, "Hey, this midfield core of Kovacic, Brozovic, Modric is that the best international midfield in the world?" And they go, "Yeah, like this, like it's who else can you top top them with? Maybe Brazil." Yeah. Um. But what what these guys are doing and what they did at the World Cup, we can do the Modric debate all day. The guy's 37 years old. And, yeah, and I mean, like, there's nothing really to say. Like We could do hours and hours on what Modric is doing. Yeah. Um, I mean, he had a quiet game today in the, in the beginning of the game because, I mean, they're trying to they try to play him more up and have Kovacic and Brozovic get the ball to him so he can get the ball to the forwards. But from what I saw, I mean, he was man-marked the whole game. And we already had trouble enough getting the ball out of, you know, our half. So, I mean, the chances that he did get, that second goal, you know, he kicks it off. Brozovic gives him the ball. He flicks it over his head to Pashalic. Yeah. And then Kovacic follows it up. But I just feel there wasn't that, that confident core that we usually have. Um, I mean, when you have somebody making that many mistakes in Brozovic, like it's going to cause problems. The uh, I mean the other thing that I saw is you have you have the you know Perisic and Brozovic play the the one two very quickly. Mm-hmm. And there was times where it would be the one two and then it would it would go to Kramaric and Kovacic would make a run down the line off of that play to Kramaric. What Kramaric should have done is hold the ball for like a second and play that run, but what he would do and he did it in the first half, and I'm surprised nobody was like, hey, <laughs> like Kovacic is wide open. Maybe just hold on because you don't have that much pressure. Yeah. But he didn't. So the ball, would instead of giving it to Kovacic to make that run down the line and open up play, it's going right back to Brozovic, who's under pressure, and then he gives the ball away. And it happened like four or five times, and I'm just sitting there like... The whole game. What the fuck but is going But it was very on? unlike all of them. You can't, you can't have... Two of those three guys have a bad game. Yeah, you just can't D- defensively. And the the thing is, we're having a very different conversation right now. If if those two goals go in for Turkey, they almost scored. They scored that offside goal. He was barely offside. Mm-hmm. Could have easily been three goals inside yeah. fifteen minutes. It like turns no joke. Into a disaster. Class. Like they should all be. They should have all carried Livakovic to that plane back to Zagreb tonight. Yeah, like that was Livakovic's game. We're all gonna give it to Kovacic because you're gonna say, oh, two nil. Kovacic scored two goals. Like oh, we made. Mince meat of Turkey, absolutely not. Well, you know, I'm the biggest Kovacic supporter out there. Like, if he had a fan club, I would probably run it, right? Um, Chairman of the board. 100%. You know, my my uh, mom, I mean, my dida was a Kovacic. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're probably not related at all, but, you know, it's got to be there we're, somewhere. We're Croatian. I'm going to absolutely disagree with you on that one. Yeah. Are, you ki- are you kidding me? Are you ki- but anyway, yeah, I, I got that going for me. But what he did on... What he did against who was that? Um, Wales. I mean, he he start he's starting to make those little runs because the offense isn't performing, so he's having to come in and play that like third option. 
and he had two big chances against Wales that he fucking... I mean, yeah, he should have buried one of them. Sitters. I know, he should have buried one of and them. And after you see the bangers he makes at Chelsea, and he gets into those games, and you're like, "Where? Like, please just finish. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, when Kovacic was younger, dude, the, the goals he would score, like, he put in bangers. But I don't know what happened in his time from Real Madrid to Sarri ball to Lampard ball to, you know, you name it, what he's been through at Chelsea. He just... It's like he doesn't want to shoot, or he's like afraid to shoot, and he's always looking for that that second pass. But you know what? You know who else did that for his first four or five years at Real Madrid? Luka Modric never shot the ball, never shot the ball, and then slowly someone, whether it was Zidane, whether it was Zidane or or someone, whoever it was at Real Madrid, said, "Luka, Lukita, shoot the ball. We're gonna teach you how to shoot the ball. Don't be scared." And now you know he, yeah. he has those shots that they hit it it yeah. it, it almost dribbles it almost and bounces it eight times into the goalie the goal. yeah. but then then he has like these beautiful bangers that go upper v yeah um i feel like kovacic is, is is like half a season away from unlocking that and if he does he's going to be effing dangerous yeah for me like i wish kovacic would go to Serie A because i hate english football like aside from kovacic recently if you look at all the players that of our players that went to England, it's been a disaster class. And you know who I'm going to roll into right now. Um, but for me, I, I, the one good thing about him being at Chelsea and him kind of taking the captain's armband now, and you saw it a little tonight, like he was in the ref's face instead of Modric, yeah. you know? Like he is learning how to be like the man of the team. And I'm hoping that that's what it is going to happen. And it's going to be very interesting when he gets unlocked because Modric right now is playing in a more offensive position. Yep. When the game gets tough, Modric drops, right, and tries to get things going. But for the most part, he and Brozovic are holding that line in the back and making sure to protect the defense. But when Modric is gone, you know, what's going to happen there? I'm really interested to see that. Well, dynamic. he either stays, he, Kovacic either stays in that position and, and, and we unlock uh, Maya in, in, in there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we we have guys; they just need to step up. And Maya's having a a quiet 2020, 20, 2023 at at Ren and in, in, yeah, in yeah. France. Uh, but it's an ebb and flow. Like what what we did this week. This was our toughest stretch in qualifying. You know, we're already twenty five percent through Euro qualifying. There's, mm -hmm. We're only playing eight games. Yeah. So we don't play in June, obviously, because we have Nations League against the Dutch. Hopefully win that game and then we play Italy or Spain. But we don't have Euro qualifiers until September again. And our next two games in September are against Armenia and Latvia. Yeah. So, I mean, we can only expect that we're going to get six points there. Turkey and Wales are going to beat up on mm -hmm. on each other in one game. Um, so we'll see what happens. But, you know, that could have been a disaster. We could have – what if we're sitting here tonight going – we have one point through 25% through of our qualifying campaign. Yeah. It would be tough. But anyway, I, I – now that we move through the core of the midfield, I think we look at, you know, we were having to talk about Perisic tonight, and it's like, I don't know if he's lost a step or his role has changed. Of course, like, he's lost a step. He has. He didn't. He had a horrible World Cup. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, man. I watched him at Inter before he came to the Spurs, and it was magic. Yeah, he just worked. Like he was a workhorse. He was up and down the field. I mean, the guy is a, a fucking athletic specimen right like he he's a horse man um but you don't see those like those dangerous runs or mm -hmm. the you know the step overs that he used to do all the time four or five step overs go to the left fucking shoot in the bottom corner he makes it like 
you're not seeing that killer instinct. And I don't know if that's because of where he is now or if it's age. I think it's age. I think he's unhappy in London. And I think he doesn't have a number nine target in the box like a Mandzukic like like we did like four and a half game. years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how many, I mean, he's assisting at, at Spurs. Mm-hmm. He he had uh, how many assists did he have at, at, yeah, in his first had, couple months? He's had a handful. Yeah. But that's what happens when you have a, a true number nine striker up there. What are we What are we gonna do? Kramaric Kramaric doesn't score with his head. Well, you saw it in the Wales game too. How frustrated he was with Kramaric in terms of like they hate each other. I don't think he, they, he, I don't think they he, hate each other. Kramaric could have had a goal and two assists against Wales and, and gone off with a standing ovation at Poyud. Yeah. Like, and there was that easy pass. We were screaming at each other in the 45th minute right before yeah. halftime. We're all texting each other going, how do you not dish that off? Like, if that was a high school game or a college game, that guy would get his, that guy would get completely yelled at by the coach at halftime. Like, yeah. that, it was, it's just so selfish. Yeah, and then you have, like, you know, it goes, you have Pashalic, too. I mean, getting into them now, I guess, is game managers, right? Like, when he's in Germany, Kramach is dangerous because Germany is fucking wide open. Like, anybody can score in Germany because defense is not an option know, there. But he doesn't play the number nine at Hoffenheim. Yeah, he never has. He, 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 he plays, he's almost like a center attacking midfielder. He plays right behind the, the, the true striker. He's supporting. Everyone says, oh, like, I bag on Kramaric. I only bag on Kramaric when he plays the nine. That's not his position. He he's never been fruitful there. Mm-hmm. And everyone the past couple of days goes, Ante, you don't know what you're talking about. He scored against Wales, this and that. I go, cool. He didn't play the number nine. He played on the right wing. Mm-hmm. He he played what Pashalic played today. Mm-hmm. Right? We had Libai up there and then we put Musa up there as striker. Yeah. So it's you know, you if you rotate players in different positions, they're gonna have different outcomes. But but he had, he should have scored that goal against Spain at, at Euro twenty twenty. I mean, his his decision making is always weird to me, right? Like he he can get himself into positions, and he has the ability, like in tight space when he's in the box. Sometimes you see he's trying to like do all of this stuff, but like I, I just don't know where his head's at, especially in that Wales game. When you look at all the chances that he had, I don't know if like his mind is racing as to like whether to shoot or pass or what the fuck is going on in his brain. But it's like. He's we've given him so much time, and sure, he works in Dalic's system, and that's why Dalic still has him. But I mean, everybody is begging for just something. <laughs> who, we have, who, look, we got nothing from Musa this this week, which sucks. He got I don't think he got one one ball in the air. He played what ten minutes today, and he played uh, thirty five minutes um, on Saturday against Wales. We we got no sample size from him. We got nothing from him. Like you look at you look at our strikers over the past, right? And you look at guys like Yelovich and and Pursha. Like, I don't think he's, he, I don't I don't know if he's he's there. Who are we talking about? Kramaric. No, he's not even the same. He, he's not even the same position as them. These are tall, but big guys in the box, physical presences, back back to goal, holding up play. You know, he has the disadvantage of having to fill the boots of Mandzukic after that World Cup run. Yeah, and, and the way that we play in the system, like, I mean, it doesn't work for him, and we're not utilizing him to his strengths, I guess. But even when we do, it's like, fuck, man. I, you just want that killer up top, you know? And I think that's why, that's why we're so frustrated, because the way we play, Dalic knows that, hey, we don't have that yeah. in our toolkit, yeah. so we're gonna have to fucking play this way. Yeah, and you guys are gonna get all the hate, even though, you know, I mean, he fucking he bags goals every once in a while. 
you know, but still like when's the last time he scored a goal for us by playing that lone striker up top? I don't know. Like he had that double that double goal against Ukraine, yeah. the brace against Ukraine in 2017 to send us, you know, through to the playoff for the World Cup. But that's that's like you said, it's not it's not his forte, right? Like he's he's more of that supporting sneaky role coming up off off of somebody to to score. Yeah, he has to he has to play off of someone. So when I was looking at this before the game today, an hour and a half before mm-hmm. the kickoff, and I see Kramaric up top, and then Pasalic on the right wing, and then Barisic on the left instead of Sosa, I lost my mind. I lost my mind. I thought it was going to be a throwaway game. Like this is my thing, Josip Juranovic is hot right now. He just came from Celtic. Mm-hmm. He's playing right wing in a 3-5-2 formation for Union Berlin, who are top four in the Bundesliga. He's scoring goals. He's assisting. He's hot on this right wing. They play a 3-5-2, like I said, at Union Berlin. Like, he's 100% better than playing Pasalic no, there. I don't See, I disagree with that, though. Because Pasalic is there to control the ball, and he's there to, I mean, essentially, like, win the ball and hold up the ball, right? Like, he's not going to... There's a reason he's not playing at Atalanta right now, right? Like, he, they don't need him because they have this fucking new Dutch kid that's coming up. But, like, he does well in... I mean, I'll give it to the guys on Twitter today. He does well in finding space and being in places that he needs to be, where Kramaric doesn't, right? Like, the the ball that Pashalic shoots and the keeper deflects, I didn't expect Kovacic to be there. I was like, where the fuck is Kramaric? <laughs> but, where, but where'd he come from? He flew out of nowhere. No, oh, I mean, he just, he saw what was happening and he just made a beeline straight to the goal. Uh, and Kramaric was to the right and just wasn't going as fast. So, I mean, Pashalic has his, he had, for me, he has his usage and he's good. But what I wanted to see today was like, if we're going to use Pashalic and Kramaric, we're up 2-0 at half. Now give me somebody that is going to keep the ball on the ground and you use somebody like Vlasic who can hold the ball up and we've seen him hold the ball up in Torino, but he's also dangerous on creating chances and you put Maher in in Pasalic's place or something like that where he's more of getting the ball and being dangerous to Vlasic, right? Like we're playing counterattack in the second half because Turkey's going to put on the press. So why don't you give guys that are going to be super dangerous in taking advantage when the ball pops out and gets to them, right? And for me, Pashalic and Kramaric were there to manage that first half to make sure that we didn't give up a goal and to make sure that they Turks weren't just fucking flying in with pressure. I mean, Pashalic isn't known for his defense. That's what I was going to bring up. Like he's no, but- he's a liability on defense on that on that right side. And he and like you said, he almost Pashalic almost played that that supporting striker behind Kramaric today, mm-hmm. but he's still on the right wing because you have you know Perisic and then our our, our trio uh, midfield in, in in the middle there, but uh, like I to me I it's too much technical kind of fringeness. Like Pachulic is a fringe super sub player to me. Like like he he'll he'll find these goals. He technically got the assist today in that ticky tacky in that box where we where we passed the ball forty two times before Kovacic came in there. Like I'm like, can someone please shoot the ball? What are you guys doing? Yeah. Like we were up eight nothing playing like like playing Brazilian uh, beach yeah. ball. But it's but it's like like we we saw Juranovic come in late. I I don't even count that. But it's why not integrate what these guys are doing at club level club level when they're excelling? Like why? Like well, you have, it doesn't work with. I mean, Dalic has Dalic is, 
he has a comfort zone. And, like, these players are within the comfort zone of how they play. So he's not going to go and fucking just make a wide-sweeping change because Jovanovic is getting hot, right? Like, there's definitely a method to the madness. And even though people are pissed, like, I agree with the starting lineup. I'd just like to see... You like the starting lineup today? 100%. Because I I know what's going to happen. If our defense was solid today, if they weren't like in panic mode, you under, you understand. Yes, you no, watched the first ten minutes of that match. If they weren't in panic mode and giving fucking errant balls away, you look at everything like. Let's assume the defense and midfield played like they should have, not giving the ball away. Kramaric and Pashalic work within the system of like what they're trying to get out, right? All right. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Everyone being healthy, you can. Of, and the crop is all Croatian players, so we're putting in Brekalo into there. Everyone healthy, who's your ideal right winger for, for this Croatian squad in 2023? I don't know. I have no idea. Like you have your Brekalo, Pasalic, Blasic, Juranovic, um, you know, Rebic played there um, in Euro 2020. Um, and I'm maybe gonna throw Rebic in there, even though he'll never play under Dalic again. We don't. But, we don't have like a. We don't have a, a Perisic version on the right wing. Never have. I mean, not never have, but I mean, we haven't in a long time. No, it's almost. It's almost when we moved Rakitic out from the middle, and, and he could play the right a little bit. But that's now. That's been no. That know, was all. That years. always. It was always broken. Like, yeah. So. I mean, what Serna? What are we talking Serna here? When when we moved him up from defense up to. Like the thing is, it doesn't matter. We can have the two best wingers in the world swinging in balls into the box, and nobody's there, and no one's there. So what? What does it matter? Yeah. When's the last time we 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 scored off a beautiful cross into the box? Uh, but that's more to the point of like why he set up this formation the way he did. So you're just proving my point. Thank you. No. <laughs> uh, but I mean, look, we you have guys like Vlasic and Mahed and all these younger guys coming. Mahed. Mayer, Mayer, Mayer. You have this these, you have these guys coming up. You have a lot of the youth coming up, like Baturina. Did you see that fucking? I know. Ball? Ripped it today. Oof. So I mean, there's guys coming up. It's just a matter of time. Like, Perisic for me is probably going to be gone pretty soon. Like he and Modric are going to be gone. Euro Euro is going to be their last tournament. Mm-hmm. So then you you have Kovacic and Brozovic left. And then, uh, let's say the back four stays the same. So somebody should switch out. Whatever. They're fine. If they they the back line and Livakovic are if if they perform the way they should are good for another t- decade. Yeah. Let's say eight years. Let's say two more cycles. Yeah. And part of me thinks that like Sosa not being as good or that left side not working like we thought it would is in part maybe not completely due to him. Perisic. Well, just how everything works up that line and like Perisic is expecting one thing to happen and the forward's not in line or Sosa's new and he's trying to figure out what what to do like they played they played together enough yeah I mean one they tournament played, I wouldn't say it's enough it's you not know. one tournament it's 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 a friendly or two they played seven games in Qatar yeah seven games something there is wrong and it I don't know how it's going to be fixed and I don't know what is essentially broken but for now, it's working. <laughs> we just, like we need, we need one striker. It's not like we're even playing a four-four-two, saying we have one shitty striker and 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 one good one. Yeah, like we, we have no one. Like remember, Mandzukic scored three goals at Euro two thousand twelve. That's when he started getting hot. Um, 
it's going to take one of the young guys to come up. You got Shimich, who somebody's giving me shit about him today because I was like, where is he? <laughs> he scored that goal in his debut. Yeah, and uh, then he hasn't been. Berserk, and then, then all chirps since yeah. then. You know, Ljubicic, Musa, yeah. um, Vidovic. There's a bunch of kids coming up where it's like they can do something, but it's just a matter of they need playing time. So it's like when's the old guard rotating out and when are the kids going to get a chance? Here's our problem, and we'll wrap up with this. I think we've been on for for forty yeah. minutes, but I'm I'm looking forward to doing this two three times a month and bringing everyone in because me and you and Zodich and and all of our guys, and we want to bring in, you know, all your guys on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know what? Let's hear their beautiful voices. You uh, know, we just hear them chirping all day long on Twitter. Just chirp, yeah. chirp, chirp. No, I enjoy it. I mean, I wish you guys keep giving me shit because it you know it gives me uh gives me fun during the day. Yeah. So. But this this is this is my last thought on this. We have we have this midfield, and you could you know where your team is at based on their what where they're playing on their club. Modric Real Madrid, Brozovic Inter Milan, Kovacic Chelsea, Perisic. We talked about him getting older still. Spurs. He's in and out. He's not playing ninety like he used to at Inter. Like who? Brozovic. Perisic. Oh, at Spurs. Yes, yes, yes. Perisic was always in, always on. Now at Spurs, he's being toggled in and out. Unfortunately, he's older. And you know what? His part of his game was speed, and you can tell. One, he lost that speed element. And two, even if he has perfect crosses, to who in the box? Yeah. This is my point. When we go to our strike core, okay, let's say everyone was healthy for the for the for the Wales game in split. Mm-hmm. Livaya Petkovic. Uh, Kramaric and Musa. What club teams do they play for? Yeah, we're Hajduk, Dinamo, Benfica, Hoffenheim. Sometimes it doesn't matter though. You look at fucking what Morocco did. You know, they. I mean, they had a bunch of guys just turn up out of nowhere. I mean, no, they. I mean, their guys, uh, uh, Hakimi, Hakimi Ziyech. Um, you know, you have PSG in there. You have they. They had three, four guys that were playing for elite teams. PSG, Chelsea, and then they had one other guy. I forget where he plays for, but like you know, we had Shuker playing for you know Arsenal, Real Madrid. We had Mandzukic playing for Bayern Munich. Eduardo before he got hurt got you know was, mm-hmm. was supposed to play for Arsenal. Like you need to have at least one striker playing at an elite level, and since Mandzukic left, it's been just nothing. So that, so what do you do? What do you do with the what the Spanish did and play that four six zero? No. You know, tick attack. But that's what I mean. When we play Kramanich, whether he's a true nine or a false nine or whatever you want to call it, he does absolutely nothing up there. We never get results out of him. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that's a, a good final thought. I, I would say, I mean, you have Petkovic who's going to be out for an extended period of time, right? You have Orsic who's, I mean, poor guy, fucking Southampton. He's Just going back to Dinamo in two months. Murdered him. He's going back to... So what? He he went to a little English holiday for six months. No no problem. Yeah, I there, I think it, when we look at like who's being called up next on that, even if they're just sitting on the bench, like, you know, Levaya is. I mean, fucking a god, and you know, on the motor, you know. Of course. I I, I was in Croatia and I was uh, I was dumbfounded because I thought it was just Modric everywhere, but dude, I mean, Levaya is like uh, revered. Um, but he's going to be aging out. No, he's 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 not the future. No, no, Him, no. Petkovic, but I'm saying, none of them are the future. Let's say Nations League's coming up, right? Like, please give me somebody. Please bring in somebody young. Like, I don't care who it is. Just give me one more striker. 
that I can use because who we have right now in the core. Let's take a look. Look at here's my list. Here's my handy dandy list right here. Uh, we just talked about Levaya. We talked about Petkovic. Uh, oh, Be- yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, you forgot about him. Mm-hmm. How about Bello? Had, he scored his first goal for for Augsburg. Only 21 years old. He was hot for uh, for Pula mm-hmm. two years ago. Mm-hmm. He's on the radar, big time. Um, Cholak's old, 29 years old. He ha- old, yeah, old. But he, I thought he was gonna get picked up on our World Cup team. You know, after a hot start in, in, yeah, yeah. in Rangers, then completely fell off the, the map. And you have your Ljubicic's, you have your Vidovic's, um, Šimić. Šimić is a baby. Bring him in, coach. <laughs> you can't. The guy the guy scored one goal in the Swiss League, and you want him to go against, uh, you know, didn't Virgil just, van Dijk? Didn't we just talk about trial by fire? <laughs> I, look, for me, it's like you have this old core. Lambo, I love you. you I have, love you. Yeah. I love you. We thought we were going to get trial by, by fire with Musa, and I thought he was going to come into the game. 2-0 game. Why not put him in in the 55th, 60th minute for Kramaric today? He didn't do that. And then he got no service against Wales. So Yeah, I know. I mean, for me, it's more of like I see the aging out of everybody, and then who we currently have that's not necessarily aging out but that's older is not like – there's nothing there for me to be like, oh, fuck yeah, he's the answer, right? So that's why I'm like, hey, I mean, what's the risk? Even if the kid's just fucking sitting on the bench and training with the team, what's the risk? No, you got you to gotta get him in there. You yeah. Gotta, you got to get him in. Look, Kramanich is 31. He turns 32 in two months. Like, he's old. But the thing is, it has to be status quo. It has to go back to Kramanich default because we have no one else to... To, to to put there as a striker. We need one guy, a hold-up guy. And I thought this was going to be Musa's weekend, and and ugh, he's got to be disappointed. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up because I have, you know, I've got things to do too. I've got a 9.15. i got to go to sleep who, soon. Who are you going to yell at on Twitter when you get home? Nobody. But I think, I think this is a good thing that we leave off at is let's assume everything else is, is great. Defense... Young, we'll figure it out. Fine with that. Midfield, plenty of fucking options. Yep. And we've got, you know, rocks in the back. But forward, who do you guys, like, w- what's the answer here? I'm curious to see what you guys have to say because I'm pretty sure there's lots of opinions. But let's say for the rest of the year, if you can, if you could do anything you want with the, the forward core that's either on the bench or that's playing or that we're bringing in as um, optional, like, who's that coming in? And, and what are we doing with them? Because... Right now, for me, it's like there needs to be a change. Like there needs to be kind of a changing of the guard. And I don't know if it happens this year, but it needs to happen pretty soon. That is one of the most like loaded, not even questions, loaded scenarios ever. That's fucking, there you go. It's just, it's just, it's so frustrating. Like just, we can't do anything up top. We, We haven't had a striker in four and a half years. Yeah. Anyway, so this is our first episode. Uh, the sound might be shit because we're working on one mic in Aunt's apartment. So forgive us. It's a townhouse. Yeah, townhouse, whatever. <laughs> uh, expect more. Feel free to tell us how bad we were tonight and how much we don't know anything. Obviously, Aunt played uh, semi-professionally in Redondo Beach, um, you know, men's league. Um, I myself, same thing. So we know, you know, we've had a lot of experience in the game. We really know what we're talking about. Um, it's not about us. It, look, it's not about us. I've always called Croatian sports the digital dome. 
And my number one priority is just to bring everyone together so we can all rag on each other, talk Croatian Nogomet. That's number one. Yeah, imagine That's us number one. being like your, your Uya, you know, sitting at the table telling you about how his system would work as opposed to what Dalic is doing. Um, Smoke-filled room, lots of raki on the table. That's kind of where we're at. We're not here as like... So Easter. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean... But anyway, since we, you know, you guys are the experts, you know, you need to tell us what to do because you, you obviously know more than us and Dalic. Um, I love when we get, I love when we get lineups correct three days before and then people go, is, is Dalic reading Croatian sports? And it's like, yeah, you know, a broken clock right twice a day. What did Modric say when you saw him with Real Madrid? When you said, oh, I'm on there with Croatian sports, didn't he say, oh. He, he goes, he goes, I know, I know, I know who you are. Yeah. You, I know who you are. He, I mean, I think he's got to remember me from... 2012 when you were there no, you were there with me like you guys don't hold back or some shit like that i don't know no but i think i think everyone's still mad at me for 2017 but that's a that's another hour long yeah podcast. you're fucking welcome everybody we got cha 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 um i mean fortunately brought knowledge the uh i mean this guy's just a weapon um all we need is one goddamn striker someone Hey, he'll, he'll figure it out. And if he doesn't figure it out, you guys will, because I'm sure you have the answers. So, um, but, hey, before we go, and by the way, are we experts? We follow these guys all year long. We know what they're doing. We have a pretty good idea of where they're headed. Um, but we're not tacticians. No. I, I mean, we're, we're Monday morning quarterbacks. The, yeah, the good thing about doing this for so long is we got in when Modric was still at Tottenham. I think that was our first real interview with Harry Redknapp. Oh, man. Yeah, so that kind of puts you, puts was, in, ages us a bit. That was 2010. But it has opened the doors to when the young guys were coming in. So when Guardiol and Sucic and some of the other guys were coming in, like, we actually got to talk to him on Instagram, you know, like, when they were, when nobody knew about him. So we're hoping to get more of that get you guys more into the locker room or get more to the players hopefully hns allows it and hopefully the players allow it um it, it'll it'll happen and we have great access and people know who we are and uh like i was talking to, to zubas the other night we were we were texting did you go to the, the clipper thing no in downtown i didn't no. go either um lafc just gave croatian sports credentials for the whole season uh, we're going Buk number seven yeah. What's, what's up with that black and gold jersey? It's good. I like it. It's good. I like it. All right. I know we're going we're going too long, but this this is my question to end everything. What if Mandzukic did not retire after the 2018 World Cup, stayed top form for any club team, doesn't even matter? What would, what would we have done in 2020 and Yo, the 2022 World Cup? God. I'll end it with that. Yo. That's how that's how bad of a position our strike force is at right now. Oh my god, that's so bad. I'm sorry. All right. We'll see you guys later. We've got no one. No one up there. No one.